WBNE. Hello, and welcome to episode 58, all about Mount Doom. Chapter 3, Book 6, Return of the King, being the 58th part of That's What I'm Talking About. My name is Mary Clay. If that's too complicated for you, just call me MC. And today I'm joined once again by Cassandra and Norman of Lord of the Rings Minute. Welcome back, guys. Hi. Hello. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. I was just saying that, um, or before we like officially started the episode, I had a feeling things would be happening this this chapter and I wanted to have some fun people on that I knew I've had a good time with before and, and it and it, it paid off. So, <laughs> well, uh, you're you're officially um, ahead of us in the story now, right? To where we've been, where our episodes are released so far. Whoa, really? Yeah. yeah. Yo, that's crazy. That's crazy. So you might you might finish the book before we finish the movie, and if that is the case, we need to have you on so you can like watch like five minutes of the movie out of context because. <laughs> Oh, maybe, yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm sad. I'm sad based on all the reactions I watched while uh, on the Instagram that we didn't have you for anything with Denethor. Oh my god. Oh my gosh. <laughs> He's just. Oh my god. What a great piece of work that character is. Oh my the craziest, god. The craziest old man in a story full of a crazy, crazy old, old men. Yes. Oh, very perfect description like perfect way to describe him oh my gosh yeah so where are you guys in your or for listeners who um don't know about uh their podcast they do a cover cover the lord of the rings movies minute by minute so where are you guys now um we are in the middle of uh pelinor fields right now okay all right all right so my home girl's about to come in and save the day yeah, yeah. like literally yeah. <laughs> uh, when we're recording this the the week with Eowyn versus the Witch King is next week. Yeah. Oh, wow. So that's awesome. That's awesome. It's so crazy for me now that I'm at a point. I'm, I'm like at a point now with my read through of this where I'm like, I know what's already happened. Like I, I can I can tell what is going to happen next in like in some in some people's um like rewatching or or whatever of lord of the rings that i'm like i i i know things this is amazing <laughs> right we virtually can't spoil you now well i don't know there's still i don't know i mean like i said i i can't remember if we had like already started the episode there or not are a but few like things there are a few things there i few don't things. really care what happens after these chapters <laughs> you know i'm like i don't care i know that at some point aragorn and arwen not yeah no. Yeah. Yes. Aragorn and Arwen get married and, and that's all I know. And I'm assuming everyone <laughs> lives. I will be surprised if like we turn the page after this chapter and it's like, and there they were mourning Aragorn's death. So <laughs> just kidding. Legolas dies. You know, oh my gosh, <laughs> don't you put that evil on me. Are you kidding me? Don't the even. are too late for Frodo and Sam. No, no. How dare you? Don't even oh my God. speak that into the universe. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> I don't even care really what happens to Sam and Frodo. I'm like, they did it, y'all. It's over. So I guess, yeah, spoiler alert, everyone listening. The ring, ding dong, the ring is dead. It's, <laughs> it's destroyed. And I am just filled with such a like 
boundless energy right now because I know <laughs> I know how it happens. It's so funny because the last time we were on, I know you were just like, ugh, we have like all these Frodo and Sam chapters left. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because yeah, because you guys came on. That's right. You guys came on for like the mid, as I've been calling them, the mid-season finale for Two Towers. Yeah. So I had like just finished all the amazing chapters with with Aragorn and Legolas and Gimli and Treebeard and Gandalf. Like it's all great stuff. And then the last half of Two Towers is just <laughs> terrible. <laughs> and- Aww. <laughs> Definitely not as fun. It's very sloggy. Yeah. So like It's just a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But oh my god. It's here. So chapter three, book six of Return of the King. Mount Doom. As I predicted, um, let's see, probably 13 weeks ago now, when I saw the table of contents for this book, and I saw there was a chapter titled Mount Doom followed by like two chapters later something called like many partings i'm like okay i'm assuming in the mount doom chapter is when it happens so you were right. not, yeah yeah i was like i i was really surprised that my prediction for the the structure of the story in return of the king or at least like the last half or so of return of the king has so far been been pretty dead on but I was concerned in this chapter that it wasn't going to happen. There was a part of me that I was like, it's, I was like, I have to believe, I have to believe it's going to happen. It's going to happen. But they just like kept walking and it just kept getting more and more like desperate and Mm -hmm. not good. And I was like, oh, it's, it's not going to happen in this chapter. They're going to get there. And then something is bad is going to already be there. And they're not going to do it in this chapter. So, oh my God. Okay. So I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> I'm going to be all over the place because like, I, it's just really weird for me that like, I started this. So the other thing is that as we are recording this, this is the week of my like one year anniversary of the show. Oh, so awesome. Oh, congrats. Thank you. It's it's just, it's so weird that like a year ago, I barely even knew who these people were. And mm-hmm. then now here I am. And I know how the, I know how the like main story of this quest ends. You know, mm-hmm. I know how it happens now. And it's something that like, I've worked so hard to not accidentally find out. And <laughs> I got to experience it firsthand and i was surprised we will get there when we get there but like it's a really weird surreal experience it's like it's like reading the harry potter books for the first time as they Mm -hmm. were being released and and then like voldemort dies and you're like oh my god it's happened like right we've we've waited voldemort dies oh my gosh (laughs) (laughs) like We've waited all... See, that was the thing, is that, like, when I read the books, I read them after they had already all been published, and I'd already seen some of the movies before I even picked up the books. So, like, I already knew, I, you know, I was like, yeah, Voldemort dies, obviously. There was no doubt in my mind that that was going to happen, but, like, mm-hmm. I imagine, me, like, 
this feeling that I have now with like, oh my God, they destroyed the ring is very similar to people reading Deathly Hollows like the week it came out and, and being like, oh, it happened. Yeah. Like, uh, you mean like the tw- like the 24 hours after it came out? Like, yeah, right. <laughs> well, just that catharsis. That just like the end of the journey, laying right? in bed like, oh my God, it's done. <laughs> I did actually, when I did eventually read the books and I finished Deathly Hollows. I was, it was like, I don't know, it was like midnight and I was like, oh, I have like five more chapters or something left. I can finish this tonight. But in Deathly Hollows, when you get to the end, five chapters is like 200 pages, basically. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I was reading through the morning and my sister got up for her like 4:30 a.m. swim team lesson and she had like already she had like gotten up and gotten ready and left the house and I was still reading it and finishing it and then finally at like 6:30 the sun was rising as I was finishing like the epilogue and I was like oh my god what now <laughs> I was like I don't just go to sleep after this I I was like do I get up and start my day now like what right? <laughs> What's going on? With the on? knowledge that everything is, I guess, all right in the world of Harry Potter. <laughs> I know, right? So it isn't any longer. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Oh. <laughs> That's a understatement. <laughs> you either die a hero. You either die a hero, or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Exactly. <laughs> and this is why every day I'm thankful that J.R.R. Tolkien is dead. Oh my God. Same. Yeah. You know, like. I just I feel so bad for our friends over on Harry Potter Minute because they've been on hiatus for like the past year and then all of this stuff happened and I was like, oof, nice, like happy trails to you guys. Yeah. (laughs) Gonna navigate this for a while. Yeah, man. It's so rough because like the fandom of Harry Potter is such a like diverse, open, welcoming, loving fandom. Right. And then like you just have a terrible creator. You know, mm-hmm. like, yeah. I guess I guess it's like the equivalent of growing up and you're gay, but your parents are really transphobic and homophobic. And you're like, OK, I guess I'll just wait until I'm independent and on my own. And then you go out into the world and you and then you end up like hosting your own pride parade, basically, and thriving. Mm-hmm. And then when people are like, oh, but what about your parents? You're like, who? I don't I don't know. <laughs> right? I don't know them. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I don't, I don't know who those people are. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So thankful J.R.R. Tolkien is dead. He's not on Twitter. Um, <laughs> count your blessings every day, folks. Every day. Um, okay. So let's start this chapter discussion. Oh, man. What did I write? Yeah. So my first my first note was this better be when it happens. <laughs> I was just like, it's got to happen. It's got to happen. Oh, also, um, while I was reading this chapter, I recorded I did a recording on my phone just to get all of my reactions because I was like, if it happens in this chapter, I'm going to want to put that so so every now and then i'll insert clips of like my reactions to different stuff while i was reading the chapter for the first time okay here it is we're on chapter three book six return of the king mount doom now it is my prediction that this is the chapter when we destroy the ring i might lose my mind if that doesn't happen okay without further ado let's do it so, yeah, it starts off very grim and terrible and depressing. <laughs> I think that this is uh, some really good description. 
I think it's really tedious. I, I mean, I disagree. I think it's really, I think it's really effective. <laughs> yeah, I would also say it's really effective because I definitely the entire chapter I was like very anxious and very like nervous about like, and also feel like very dr- felt like very I felt like the dread and the weight hanging mm-hmm. over them and everything as they were like on this on this trip by themselves basically and also and like to a point basically it's it's like just sam and because frodo is just like a shell of a person now yeah yeah so it's zombie frodo (laughs) yeah yeah basically yeah frodo poor bud poor bud he's having a hard time they uh were the previous chapter ended they had just escaped like blending in with this army of orcs which I just I still think is hilarious that that somehow worked. Um, right, they're so much smaller than orcs. <laughs> I know, I know, and like I think it mentioned that the army that they were blending in with was one of the smaller breeds, but I still refuse to believe. I mean, you know, obviously I haven't seen the movie, so I don't know if they actually do have like a smaller breed that's about the size of the hobbits, but like it is just as silly as you think it is. Okay, good, perfect. <laughs> Especially in the animated. Oh my god. Oh my gosh. Oh, that's right. Every now and then I I forget that like the animated version exists. And then when someone reminds me of it again, I get really excited. But only kind of exists. (laughs) Because it's two different companies, three movies, and a different company made the one in the middle. No, I love it. Are you kidding me? That kind of chaotic energy I live for. (laughs) It gives us such wonderful things as Boromir without pants. Well, I mean... There's only two, technically, for Lord of the Rings. That's true. Because you haven't read The Hobbit yet, right? No, I have not read The Hobbit yet. Oh my god. I can't imagine. Ugh. I know, which is so... It's just... It just makes me laugh, like, laugh to myself so much that, like, the thing that Tolkien wrote first was The Hobbit. This, like, oh, fun little kid's bedtime story. Great. And then they're like, hey, buddy, do you have, like, another book in you, maybe? And he's like, well, actually... <laughs> And then, like, just word vomits a thousand pages, probably, like, 2,000 pages. And they somehow convinced him to, like, edit it down to a thousand. Right. And he's like, actually, I still have this entire other universe in my head with more complicated history in it. So. I mean, what what section of this damn near a million words to justify the languages I made up would you like to read? <laughs> yeah, honestly. He's like, well, I'm glad you asked. Just the idea that if no one had had asked him, he like it just never would have happened. I don't know. Maybe it would have happened. I don't know. But like this idea that like all of this stuff was just like rattling around in his head Mm -hmm. still. I I think there's an interview with Christopher Tolkien uh, where he says he says something like the only reason The Hobbit became a book is because he was constantly correcting his father about the bedtime story to keep the details straight. So Tolkien started writing it down. (laughs) Oh, classic. Classic. I would be so annoyed if I was like telling a story and <laughs> someone kept interrupting me and was like, last time you said the door was blue. And I'm like, well, this time it's green. Okay. It's a magic changing door. All right. And we're all just going to be happy with that. Like, right. It's a magical world filled with halflings and dragons and treasure and wizards. Why can't the door be blue one day and green the other okay (laughs) you know 
Mm-hmm. Also, just the fact that, like, it literally is an entirely magical world. And then Christopher would be like, um, but last time it was blue. Like, that's the <laughs> thing that he's, like, pointing out the flaw in. So, um, but yeah, yeah. So this one, right. So right here in the story where we are now is just, like, terrible and bleak and awful and hopeless. They, like, barely, Frodo has, like, barely inter- any energy in him to live at this point. Um, and where is it? Yeah. And then like Sam is also really beginning to lose hope too. Um, because he realizes that like, we have barely enough food and water to get us there. We have none to get us back. There's no way that we're going to go back. Mm -hmm. He, he thinks, and when the task was done there, they would come to an end alone, houseless, foodless in the midst of a terrible desert. There could be no return. So it's just like a a nice bleak way to kick things off, you know, <laughs> like, well, this is this is where we die. Let's onward. Let's have go. You, have you talked about um like the 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 gay subtext in this? Because uh, the the. <laughs> A couple instances in The whole time I was reading this chapter, and Norman can attest to it, every time I was just like, oh, that's gay. Like, just out loud. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because, like, the the line immediately after what you had just read, like, "Um, so that was the job I felt I had to do when I started, thought Sam, to help Mr. Frodo to the last step and then die with him. Well, if that is the job, then I must do it. And I'm like, aw, they love each other so much. Yeah. Um, no, there, I, yeah, I haven't, um, like, fully delved, is that the right past tense form of that word? I don't yeah. know. Doved, delved, whatever. I haven't, <laughs> like, fully gone into that, into those themes yet, but I imagine that I will at some point in the future, because mm-hmm. my, my idea for, like, where this podcast will go when I'm done with, like, some of the main things, like, the books, like, The Hobbit and the movies and whatnot is I'll have, like, special episodes about, you know, this ta- this episode we're going to talk about the music and the movies and stuff like that. So oh, I'm, bless. That's awesome. So I'm sure that there will be a an episode dedicated to probably to, like, a Pride Month coming to a, you know, to a calendar near you or whatever, you know, like <laughs> right. probably, like, next June, I bet I'll have, like, a – what would be really cool is if I got, like, a – like queer scot like studies like scholarly phd yeah. person right <laughs> you know yeah. someone who like is actually who actually like studies this kind of stuff and and can come in with like a lot of really cool you know research and and in-depth knowledge and whatnot yeah. to to talk about these themes because it's because it's they're you're right they're like definitely there it's definitely i just I don't know. I just laugh to myself every now and then because when things like that happen where it's Sam being like saying like, well, this is my life's purpose is to come with mm-hmm. Frodo and die or with him. Or being really physically affectionate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In the back of my head is always that vine going, two dudes yeah. chilling in a hot tub <laughs> five feet apart because they're not gay. <laughs> I don't know. Like, oh, man. And then also the like. The vines that are like just dudes being bros, right? Just, yeah. What's, what's better what's than, better than, than this? this? <laughs> just guys being dudes, <laughs> like. So like, yeah, it's 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 all definitely there, a hundred percent. Actually, I want to. Who was it? Someone tagged me who tweeted and was like, "Let me find it." Molly Knox 
Ostertag. Let's see. Yeah, she's a she's a writer and a comic artist, I believe. Okay, cool. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, she um was going on this Twitter thread about I guess yeah like queer themes in Lord of the Rings. And, yeah, and then at the end of it was like, can someone please have me on their podcast to talk about queer themes in Lord of the yeah. Rings? And <laughs> I replied and I was like, I mean, I'm not there yet, but like you're welcome to come on, and I'm sure we can work it into the conversation anyway, much like <laughs> we are now. <laughs> um, yeah, I wrote it down twice just in my in my notes. Gay stuff, more gay stuff. Well, I mean, like even <laughs> if it. Even if you read it as, like, platonic, like, purely platonic, it's obviously not, like, toxic masculine. Like, it's no. cool. Like, they're, yeah. they're, they're not afraid to, like, kiss each other. It's Exactly, fine. yeah. Exactly. Like, That's... He, kisses, he kisses Frodo's hands in this chapter yeah. more than once. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They all, like, love touching on each other, which, like, <laughs> you know, in in my weird... I don't know if you, if you guys or any people listening right now can also relate to this, but, like, right now in our corona times... Whenever I'm watching a movie or a TV show or something and like people touch, I'm like, what? You can't, you can't do that. Yeah. That's <laughs> I'm not like, allowed. what are they doing? <laughs> yeah. Um, in particular was in this, when like quarantine and everything really kicked off, uh, I started watching Great British Baking Show. Mm-hmm. And, like, all the time they would be, like, putting their bare hands all over the foot. Like, I remember one time someone's, like, ice cream, like, dome was melting and she was trying to, like, she was, like, shaping it, the melting ice cream with her hands and rubbing her hands, like, all over this ice cream cake thing. And I'm, like, stop doing that. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, anytime they're, like, he kissed him on the forehead and felt his like sweaty hair and I'm like, Ugh no <laughs> Go wash your hands. Six feet apart. Germs live there. No You're in the dirtiest part of Middle Earth. <laughs> yeah. Stop. Oh my gosh. So uh I really hope like eventually that part of my brain will be able to shut off <laughs> and I can like finally watch things and not be like, Oh my god, coronavirus. Yeah, oh yeah. So what you're talking about earlier Yeah, I think because I've come across, I've come across like two kinds of people. There are two kinds of people in the world. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Um, where <laughs> one type of reader will be like, uh, they are not gay. They're just friends. Like, why does, and like, I don't necessarily know if that comes from a place of homophobia. I don't know if that comes from a place of like wanting to just be wanting to like stick to the original intent of the text, you know, mm-hmm. and, and take things as they are. And then there are also, you know, readers who are like, oh yeah, no, you would be, you would have to like be really oblivious to read this and not immediately think it's a little bit gay, you know? <laughs> like, right. that being said, though, there, I, there's immense values to both of those kinds of reads of this mm-hmm. work because in the first one where you're like, no, they're not gay, it's because I think, um, I think there's also, like, a kind of a troubling part of our society that like as soon as we see two characters in a movie who are the same gender and they like especially who are guys and they like hug everyone's like oh my god they're secretly gay they're together and it's like why can't we just have them be friends and have this be a promoting that like hey 
guys, it's okay to hug your friends Mm -hmm. and tell them that you love them and like, and be like good friends with each other and everything because that's a kind of, you know, that's contributing to like you were saying toxic masculinity and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And like, it's okay to be vulnerable with your best guy friends and whatnot. And, and like, you can hug each other and I guess kiss each other's hands. I don't know. I don't think there's a platonic way to do that, but <laughs> there's no heterosexual you know, explanation for this. So like exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's like um the first thing that comes to mind whenever I hear that is in High School Musical 2, at the end of I Don't Dance, when Chad and Ryan have switched outfits. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. <laughs> and there's no it was before your time. It's okay. After my time? Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. There's a scene where they are, let's see, Ryan, who is kind of coded as being gay, but can't actually be gay because it was a Disney movie right. in the 2000s. He like is trying to recruit a bunch of these dude bros to be in a like showcase or whatever. And Chad, who is the bro dude, if you can imagine from the name Chad. Yeah. The name is Chad. <laughs> um, he go he's like, I don't dance. I don't dance. I know you can. Not a chance. No. And then they do an entire dance number. They're on like they're playing like a game of baseball and it's like weirdly homoerotic and <laughs> And, like, there's definitely a lot of sexual tension in the... It's a great number. Descended directly <laughs> from the volleyball scene in Top Gun. Oh, dude, absolutely. Oh, my gosh. And then once once the scene is over, it cuts to everyone, like, sitting at a picnic table. And the two guys who were originally, like, having this weird sexual tension and, like, going back and forth in the song, they are now wearing each other's clothes. <laughs> And it's so weird. Well, <laughs> I think the intent's pretty clear there. <laughs> there is zero, as Cassandra said, there is zero heterosexual explanation for that. Like, just absolutely none. So. I think I think both readings of the text are valid because, like. Yes. Yeah. That was my point. Yeah, yeah. no. <laughs> but I am. I'm solidly in the second camp. I'm sorry. Yeah. And like that. Oh, no. Yeah. That like that being said, obviously, anyone can read however, you know, read a book, watch a movie, however, which way you're going to interpret it. And like, that's what makes that's what makes this podcast for me really interesting is because I get to hear a plethora of people's perspectives and how and like their read on it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I get to see how certain lines mean a lot to some people and then other people like completely missed it or something so and that and that's how you can tell when a when a book like lord of the rings has such a lasting effect that like people to this day can still have you know different interpretations and and reads of stuff Mm -hmm. but yeah they're both yeah they're both extremely valid because one is contributing to being like no this is how you can still be a manly man and destroy the well i wouldn't say frodo's manly i take that back but uh but sam is a guy that works with his hands he's you know he's coded as just an average person yeah yeah i'll say and then he does some of the most heroic stuff in the story (laughs) yeah exactly so and then oh and then there's also there's a great i i'm i'm like really 
now in the camp of like, man, Aragorn's pretty cool, guys. <laughs> I'm like, what a what a cool character. Just you wait until you watch the movie. <laughs> Where in the first half of Return of the King, he, you know, he's the king. He's this big manly hero who comes in and saves the day and is really good at fighting and everything. But there's a whole chapter where he's healing people. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's not something that you typically see men doing. And, like, that's just awesome to see these, like, different complicated reads of, like, what it means to, to be a man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Meanwhile, of course, there's, you know, three women in the books right but, hmm. in total <laughs> whatever that is something that i appreciate about the movies is that that like soft like that softer um masculinity transfers over really well in the interactions with like the actors and stuff yeah um so that's yeah well that's, that's good to hear especially yeah. the hunting trio oh my god <laughs> what, that. is that air what aragorn gimli and legolas yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're silly. i love them oh my god i love them they're my favorites. Oh my god, I love them. As I've also just like I've come to the conclusion. Imagine this: that um, I came to this conclusion in the book that's titled "Return of the King." That this is actually a story about Aragorn, and <laughs> <laughs> but like the entirety of Lord of the Rings. It's not about Frodo. It's not about the Ring. It's not about Sam. It's about Aragorn. You know. <laughs> This is his story. <laughs> it's his Aragorn, time to shine. When does Aragorn even show up? Like five chapters in? Six chapters yeah, in? Yeah. It sounds right. And he's he's just sitting. Being a creep. <laughs> it's, it's like a great entrance where he's like just sitting in the corner of the pub with his hood up sulking and brooding. Yep. yep. <laughs> and he's like picked like the one corner of the pub that has like no light in it. <laughs> And then he's also like silently judging the hobbits Mm -hmm. because later on, if I remember correctly, he like goes over to them and is like, hey, guys, um, you should probably shut up because (laughs) I can hear everything you're saying. And that means everyone else at this pub can hear what you've been saying. So (laughs) and then that's when I think that's when Frodo is like, oh, no, I need to distract everyone from Pippin about yeah. to spill the beans. And then he jumps <laughs> on the table and does a song that is, like, three pages long. <laughs> anyway, okay, so <laughs> these books are real silly. Yeah, no, they, they super are. Man, it's literally just Tolkien combining every single hobby he's ever had in his <laughs> life. You know, like songwriting, poetry, topography, geography. <laughs> horses what else is in here history you know like it's it's he was just like what should i focus on i have a couple interests what should i focus on for all of them (laughs) exactly okay but yeah this chapter is not silly it's no it's very serious and very serious and not good. So after Sam has this realization that like, oh, great, once we get there, uh, sure, like we might destroy the ring and that will be fine and dandy. But uh, we're probably going to die there. I'm probably going to die with Frodo. Um, and then he has this thought. He says, things all went wrong. Talking about Gandalf. Things all went wrong when he went down in Moria. I wish he hadn't. He would have done something. Oh, that's right. They don't even know he's alive. Oh, wow. That's unfortunate. And I'm like, oh, my God. They don't even know nope. that Gandalf is back. Holy and he's, cow. And he's been doing a lot. 
Well, that and then that's also what makes me laugh. He's, is he's like he would have done something, and then it's like I mean, kind of. <laughs> Gandalf is currently like, okay, our best bet is to distract the forces of evil so that Frodo and Sam can do this. So like, sorry, Sam, you you still wouldn't have, you would have been in the exact same situation had Gandalf, you know, been there, you know, had you known that Gandalf was alive, mm-hmm. things probably still would have been the same. <laughs> so, uh, hate to break that to you, buddy. But, but yeah, I was like, oh my God, I can't believe like it. You know, because that, let's see, Gandalf came, he died like three-fourths of the way through Fellowship of the Ring. He came back like a third of the way into Two Towers. And like through all of that, Sam and Frodo are just like off on their, oh shoot, where is it? There's a meet, there's like a picture of, there's a like huge cruise ship in the background. And then like someone in the foreground is in like a rowboat by themselves <laughs> oh. and that's just like Frodo and Sam this entire time yeah like, just doing their own thing oblivious to what's happening beyond them and then like and the background is like stuff with the ints and Saruman and Denethor and Faramir and, <laughs> yeah. and like they good lord they don't even know who Denethor is like that's oh my best. god man oh yeah 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 I don't think they would be happy if they found out that they tried to kill that he tried to kill Faramir because they do know who Faramir is. Yes. Right. At the very least. So. Perfect, pure, wonderful Faramir. <laughs> oh, Faramir. Oh my gosh. He's amazing. He's great. Um, So they just like struggle through this kind of like desert wasteland volcanic, uh, like, yeah, desert that is Mordor right now mm-hmm. as they're on their way to Mount Doom. And, um, they can feel the, like, they can all feel the power of the ring. Obviously, Frodo, it's weighing him down terribly. And, yeah, just, like, the entire time, impending doom, hanging over them. Real casual, real nice. <laughs> this, this isn't, this is not great. Yeah. <laughs> There's, I like the little sprinkles of uh, personification for Sauron that's just kind of sprinkled around in this chapter. It, just like little things about what Sauron is thinking about stuff. Mm-hmm. Just here and there. The first one in the chapter uh, and the one I wrote down because I just like uh, I like how it is, uh, how, how it's put is talking about uh, the Dark Lord had almost completed the movement of his forces. But even in the fastness of his own realm, he sought the secrecy of night, fearing the winds of the world had turned against him, tearing aside his veils and troubled with tidings of bold spies that had passed through his fences. Mm. I don't know if I would call Frodo and Sam bold spies. Yeah. (laughs) Not exactly, but that's okay. They're just doing their best, you know? Like... But, I think yeah. I think from his point of view, they would be bold just because they're there. Right, they have dared to enter yeah. his lands. Oh yeah, that's yeah, that's true. That's a good way to 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 look at it and think about it. It's like those old Doritos commercials. Yes, you are bold. Oh my god! But are you also daring? What the hell? <laughs> Why is this like unlocking a memory? <laughs> I know in my brain. I'm oh my god! <laughs> Holy cow! I seem to have oh that god. effect on people. <laughs> I just remember all these random singular things. This was like what early two thousands. Yeah, branding. I would say. Yeah, because I'm like seeing it in my head, and it definitely has a two thousands aesthetic about it. It's like it, the, you the know? child snack food version of the most interesting man in the world. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, but with Doritos. Man. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so they're just in this desert dying kind of <laughs> it's it's <laughs> very sad yeah Fro- it's frodo is sad. constantly clutching at the ring mm-hmm. yeah and it's like frodo um i don't know if i like highlighted a point but like it mentions several times that um like frodo is all hunched over and he's like not even like looking ahead at anything at one point in the journey he just like stops talking altogether mm-hmm. and doesn't have like any kind of strength in him to reply to sam and um this is when i just like started feeling like oh no it's not gonna happen are they like are they anywhere near it it's just gonna get worse and worse (sighs) yeah that's like literally what it felt like for me i was like they're just gonna keep trudging through this like wasteland and and maybe they'll get to the they'll get to mount doom at the end of the chapter and i honestly i thought i think maybe because like my brain is thinking in terms of like video games but in my mind they were going to get to mount doom and sauron was going to be there and they were going to have to battle sauron (laughs) (laughs) and like you know somehow trick like be able to slip past him long enough for them to like throw the ring into the volcano or whatever. Mm -hmm. So that's what I thought like for, you know, halfway through this chapter, I was like, Oh, it's going to end and they're going to get to Mount doom. And then there's going to be Sauron like being like, I've been expecting you because you haven't been sneaky at all. (laughs) You've been using the road. Like you're, (laughs) you're in the wide open. You've been, leaving a trail for everyone under the sun to follow. (laughs) You've sounded off all of the alarms that we have in Mordor. (laughs) It's very obvious that you're here. So, which honestly, Sauron must be stupid then for him to like, (laughs) the fact that that's not what happens, you know, the fact that like, he's not waiting for them at Mount Doom or he doesn't come after them or, or whatever. He's very distracted. Yeah, like he is very easily distracted. What up? It's Mary Clay from the future here to say that in hindsight, as I'm editing this episode right now, I don't think I'm one to talk about getting easily distracted, considering I was literally distracted by a plant in last week's episode. Okay, moving on. He's just he's just an eye. He can only look in one direction. I mean, Aragorn's at his front door. I'd be distracted. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on out there? I mean, same. Yeah, yeah. Who's but this? Like, <laughs> man, just the, but like just the fact. So maybe like I don't know if I if this is like a a moment where it's like oh I should give Frodo and Sam more credit, or if it's like oh I should give like Sauron's just an idiot. You know? Mm. Did Frodo and Sam succeed in this? Because they were smart and (laughs) sneaky? Or was it just that, like, Sauron wasn't on to them for some reason? I think it's... just lucky. I think it's a bit of both. um, Because Sauron is so... um, uh, I don't know, what's the word? Hubris. Like, he he falls because of his own hubris, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He doesn't... Mm -hmm. um, He he doesn't think anything can kill him or, or even get as far as they they got not like much less these two little dudes that are just in his backyard so yeah when really he's a being not much different than the spider he considers a cat 
<laughs> oh man. She should have she should be the one with the rings. I don't know what Sauron's doing. She should be the evil lord of everything. Right? It's a big spider. You know? Yeah. Just a giant spider. Well, I got a video has... game for you to play. <laughs> is she what is she in like a, a Lord of the Rings video game? Yeah. Uh <laughs> we, when we got to Shelob in our in our coverage of the movies, we, we spent a whole episode talking about Shelob's depiction in the non-canonical uh, Shadow of War, which is the sequel to Shadow of Mordor, uh, which is like a RPG uh, RTS like army control game where you okay. play as a, a knight of Gondor, who uh, a ranger of Gondor who died and then is resurrected by the soul of Celebrimbor and you make your own ring of power and Shelob is a major character that can turn into a beautiful woman and is pretty much plays the role of Galadriel it's in that ridiculous. story. It's insane. <laughs> oh my, you can't see it, but like my eyes are like the size of, okay then. And used to be Sauron's She's, lover, I guess. It's so weird. We watched like all the cutscenes, and I was just like, what is happening? <laughs> like, There's just 40 minutes of cutscenes of, of, of sexy, like, sexy, dark humanoid <laughs> Shelob. Okay. I don't know whether to be like, yeah, good for her, or... <laughs> horrified <laughs> or maybe a little bit of both you know a healthy balance of i both. hope this doesn't awaken something in me <laughs> <laughs> she's what? regretting having us on her podcast again no <laughs> no i'm not oh my god that's amazing <laughs> it's really silly yeah it is it's times it's times like these where i'm like what would tolkien think <laughs> If he knew what was happening with his like works of life, the the state the estate signed off on that, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh wait, really? Yeah. Yeah, as far as I'm oh, aware, okay. The, the Tolkien estate signed off on those games. So that's hilarious. Okay, then. Wow, good for the good for the Tolkien. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the they Tolkien. They have to sign off on literally anything that happens with the Lord of the Rings. Yeah, probably. Well, also like. If they sign off on it, I'm sure they get a get that crap money. ton more mm-hmm. money, yeah. <laughs> than if they like don't give their, you know, stamp of approval or whatever, you right. know. They got a billion dollars or whatever from or however many hundred million hundred billion dollars, whatever Amazon paid to make that show. Oh, that's true. It's like an absurd amount of money. Yeah. Oh, I don't right. even remember. <laughs> Some obscene yeah. amount of money that Jeff Bezos won't ever miss. <laughs> uh he can go <laughs> himself. <laughs> This is, uh, I am a, let's all get this straight. Jeff Bezos could, Bezos can, can go. I don't even know. Whatever. He can just, he Fall doesn't into the cracks words. of doom. Yeah, Whatever. for real. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like a certain other bald creature we're about to read about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, exactly. Um, he was also, yeah, a certain other, like, greedy, blind, like, blinded by greed and power creature wrinkly so, and whatever. bald hmm. and ugly interesting is Gollum actually uh allegory for Jeff Bezos <laughs> no it's just applicable to him <laughs> uh, I do like that there is just seemingly a single passing reference to Gollum following them like actually physically following them in this chapter mm. where Sam yeah. just for a second thinks he sees eyes looking at him in the darkness and then they're gone those eyes man they're always Ugh. Gollum Always. God. It's just always got my favorite is when other characters will talk about like, yeah, I think I saw something following me or like moving around in the darkness and they try to describe what it was. And like one character described him as like a giant black frog. 
<laughs> and some other character was like, yeah, it was a squirrel. <laughs> and like, or like a hairless giant squirrel. <laughs> I just love hearing the descriptions from, from the other like characters when they like just see Gollum in passing. So uh, at one point they eat like the last of the lame bus. Oh, which I should, today I saw, um, I shared in the Facebook group for That's What I'm Talking About listeners. If you're not a member of the Facebook group, you should join it. It's very fun. I shared a, there was a map that was, that I saw in my timeline on Facebook and it was like showing the different like foods of the, in the regions Uh of Middle Earth and the one for like, I don't know, I guess like Elfland, Rohan, Gondor, whatever, was like lame bus. And then it had a little asterisk next to it. And you went to the bottom and it was like, oh, and what's this? Yes, more lame bus. More lame bus bread. <laughs> I like uh, on that map, It's uh, there's uh, meat ripe off the bone and then an asterisk down at the bottom, not confirmed for Moria. <laughs> Is this a movie reference? Yes, that one's from the okay. movie. Okay. I learned, I was just recording with Tyler and Ethan and they were, they were talking about the meats back on the menu, boys. <laughs> yep. And talking about like, how do orcs know what a menu is? <laughs> you know? We had like, that talk, yeah. <laughs> so, and I was like, oh, great. I can't wait to get it's to that. It's not even specifically so. orcs. It's how do the Urukai know? <laughs> It's like even That's more specifically. True, yeah. Saruman's a fancy dude. Right? You're a month old. How do you know what a restaurant is? <laughs> oh, that's right. Because the Urukai are the, oh, I forgot about that. They're like the gross, like, mutation mm-hmm. yeah. orcs, aren't they? Mm. Yum. Uh, that's uh, great. Um, I forgot about that. You're welcome. Whoops. Um. So they eat some of this lame bus that they've had for 20 gazillion years. <laughs> like six months or something. Yeah, like honestly. And it like gives just enough like strength and hope in them to like move onward mm-hmm. for to to finish this journey. At one point, Frodo is just not doing good. And Sam asks him, he's like, I, I can see that you're very tired. How about I carry the ring for a bit? And immediately he's like, oh, that wasn't a good idea to say. <laughs> for, uh, it says, a wild light came into Frodo's eyes. Stand away. Do not touch me, he cried. It is mine. I say, be off. And then he kind of like stops for a second. And then he's like, oh, oh, wait, crap. Ah, no. Um, he says, it is my burden and no one else can bear it. It is too late now, Sam, dear. You can't help me in that way again. I'm almost in its power now. I could not give it up. And if you tried to take it, I should go mad. Ooh, this isn't good. And this is when I was like, oh, this isn't good. This isn't. I mean, not that like any part of this has been good so far, you know, but like. Mm -hmm. This in particular is not good. The part, especially when he says, I'm almost in its power now. I was like, oh, yikes. Yikes. <laughs> That's not good. Frodo's about to be just totally, completely at its, at the like power and will of the ring. Mm-hmm. And yeah, this is when I was just like, I don't think the ring is going to be destroyed if it gets, I mean, like part of my brain, I was like, obviously it has to get destroyed. This is like, it's not going to, 
I mean, I don't know. I, you know, I say all that, but like it could have been a completely meaningless, pointless, a thousand page book where the ring doesn't get destroyed. <laughs> no, Ar- Aragorn's just going to run Sauron through the heart with a sword. It's, it's easy, right? What? And Sauron <laughs> wins. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. But like it, uh, I was just like, I can't imagine how it's going to, how the ring is going to get to a point where he will destroy it because mm-hmm. he's so overtaken by its power now. I was like, that's not going to go over well <laughs> when we get to Mount Doom. Um, and it doesn't, to say the least. Um, <laughs> then they stop for a bit to uh, take off some of their gear and and like get rid of anything that's physically weighing them down because the weight of the ring is mentally weighing them down and they can't just throw that away. So Mm -hmm. um, they take some time and get rid of basically everything that they are able to. And Sam has to like painstakingly go through his backpack and be like, oh my God, I spent so much time packing this when we were in Rivendell. And I, he's basically like a doomsday prepper and he had like everything... (laughs) everything he could ever need and he was like i can't believe i have to dump all this out hardest of all it was to part with his cooking gear it says that's relatable (laughs) right the clatter of his precious pans i know as they fell down into the dark was like a death knell to his heart r.i.p pans yeah, I mean, if yeah. you're throwing out some nice, like, in cast That's cast iron. iron. Like, yeah. Sad times. I was going to say, has sad he times. been, but has he been traveling with the cast iron skill? Because that's heavy, you know? Well, that's how like, he was strong enough to stab Shelob. He's <laughs> 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 just carrying around 150 just pounds of lifting, cast iron all the time. <laughs> lifting cast iron skillets in the gym. like. <laughs> Sam could probably bend a cast iron <sighs> skillet in half. Wow. Yeah, yeah. We underestimate his strength, really, mm-hmm. but... Yeah, it's just, yeah, moments like these where it's like, ah, uh, what a hobbit. Well, I mean, starving and <laughs> like, half dead, he carries Frodo up a mountain, so. That's true. Uh, yeah, it's all that, sh- yeah, those pots and pans, man. Yeah. I feel so strength. light He's now. just been training for this moment, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he literally, cr- he lit- yeah, tears welled in his eyes at the thought of casting it away. And then he says, do you remember that bit of rabbit, Mr. Frodo, he said, and our place under the warm bank in Captain Faramir's country, the day I saw an Oliphant? And this is when, I don't know if you guys can relate, but it's a similar experience to what I'm experiencing now, where I'm having like a weird nostalgia for like April (laughs) when when like in April we were like we had this hope that maybe this will be over in a couple weeks by now and like me and like oh it looks like everyone is handling this and reacting to this appropriately for the most part and all we were doing was making bread and playing (laughs) animal crossing and doing puzzles and and there was like every other day there was someone doing like a like drive-by car parade for someone's birthday Mm -hmm. or like a graduation or whatever and and like that's all we had to worry about whereas now we are in the in the u.s we are in the midst of like a second uh, civil rights movement, which is, you know, very necessary and needed, mm-hmm. but it's still, you know, hard and difficult to to experience and witness and, like, feel that pain. And then it's also incredibly frustrating to, to witness and be like, oh, my God, how can some people be so dense? Right. And, and then we also are, like, 
we're we're back at our coronavirus numbers that we had in March and April when things started shutting down and instead everyone's like, oh, what's that phase three, you say, of reopening? Sounds good. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's safe to go to restaurants now. And I'm like, no, it's not. No, Absolutely it's not. not. Maybe where <laughs> like, we live. But... Like, no. It, and they're talking about like opening up schools mm-hmm. and Mm-mm. and like maybe the reason that children are less susceptible is because we They've closed, been closed the schools. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like freaking our secretary of education knows nothing about education. Right. Real and, world like, Dolores <laughs> Literally. God. And and then we have a thing called a presidential election coming up in November. <laughs> and like I find myself in these times thinking back to April when all we were doing is is being like, oh, isn't that cute? These people in Italy had a a balcony concert and this guy took out his violin and did a concert and everyone in this apartment complex in Italy like joined in and they all sang and what a beautiful moment. Mm And, oh, I better go get my bread. It's time for um, a second proving. And, oh, I found the last puzzle piece. Oh, look at this completed puzzle. What a great, you know. Oh, I've spent 900 hours on Animal Crossing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, so Sam has this similar feeling where he's thinking back and he's like, oh, wasn't that like, that was such a nice time when we were sitting in the middle of this forest by ourselves away from our friends. We thought everyone was, this was also in a time Oh, I'm pretty sure they still think everyone's dead. Yeah. They're all pretty sure that everyone's dead, basically. <laughs> also, like, including, like, Aragorn and Legolas and everyone. Also, Sam is talking about literally, like, two weeks ago. Yeah. Like, oh my God. Which is, yeah, which is where, like, I have nostalgia for three months ago. Mm-hmm. It you feels know? like nostalgia. It feels like five years ago, though. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, Someone yeah. said I was talking about the I was talking about the finale of The Good Place and I and someone was like oh I haven't I haven't watched the last season and I was like oh it should be on Netflix and he's like no that doesn't usually happen to like a year after and I was like it has been a year <laughs> it, it, like The Good Place ended I was like no that was last year The Good Place ended last year no it ended this February yeah. in 2020 <laughs> and I had like a breakdown I was like what do you mean. Oh my god. So anyway, I feel okay. That. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so Sam, I can like deeply relate to Sam in this moment. Like all that being said is 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 what my point is is like that's how like you know how dark it is when you're you're thinking back fondly on a time that was like up until that moment it was probably like the like lowest you've ever felt you know Mm -hmm. and you're like oh my god this is hopeless and then like two weeks from now in the future sam is like oh just you wait buddy boy you don't know how good you had right (laughs) oh my god yeah so frodo and frodo replies and says uh that he doesn't remember he says at least i know i know that such things happened but i cannot see them no taste of food, no feel of water, no sound of wind, no memory of tree or grass or flower, no image of moon or star are left to me. And all he sees is, um, let's see, there is no veil between me and the wheel of fire. I begin to see it even with my waking eyes and all else fades. So again, they're not in a great place right now. No. <laughs> Physically and mentally. And that's where we're going to leave this episode. That's right. Do you really think 
that I would have made Mount Doom just one hour. Are you kidding me? This chap, it's where it all happens, y'all. This is where it goes down. And I had a lot of feelings and thoughts to go through. And I didn't know how to do this justice. So I made Cassandra and Norman stay on for two hours so we could talk about it all, okay? So this is part one. And next week will be part two. And oh my God, it's all amazing and great. And I'm like literally lightheaded as I'm talking right now, telling you this. This was a great chapter. I didn't know how to do it all justice. And if you liked Cassandra and Norman, make sure to go check out their podcast, Lord of the Rings Minute, where they are covering the Lord of the Rings movies minute by minute. They're currently in Return of the King. Uh, They are on the Battle of the Pelennor Fields, so a little bit behind where I am. But they're obviously fun people because I forced them to stay on and talk for two hours about this chapter. So go check them out. That's What I'm Talking About is a proud member of WBNE. You can learn more about the network by going to WBNE.org, where you can find other shows on the network, such as Hello From Elsewhere. Hello From Elsewhere. That's the name of our podcast. I'm Casey. And I'm Valerie. On our podcast, we dive deep into the characters and themes behind your favorite movies and books, all through a positive lens. We explore all your biggest pop culture questions, both thoughtful and silly, like what is the symbolism of magical portals in fantasy stories? What would happen if Princess Anna went on a date with Kermit the Frog? And what does the name Kylo Ren mean anyway? Hint, it has something to do with flowers. Isn't that so cute? If it's pop culture, we're interested in exploring the meaning behind it. So come journey through elsewhere with us, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, did you know someone once used the word jovial to describe hello from elsewhere? Did you know someone once described our podcast as better than a Wookiee hug? That is literally the nicest thing anyone has ever said. The cover is by Graphite, a.k.a. Vaishan Brandon. You can support him on Instagram at graphite.vmb. You can find the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at TolkienAboutPod. You can find me on Twitter at MCWhatsApp and Instagram at MCTurnDownForWhat. You can also support the podcast by going to Patreon.com slash TolkienAboutPod, where you can find access to fun perks in different tiers, like access to our Discord community, where you can talk to me as well as other hosts on the WBNE network, and also hang out and chat with the rest of the amazing people in our community, because they're amazing and cool. Um... You can also be a sponsor of the podcast, like Johan. Johan is this week's sponsor. Thank you so much, Johan, for your continued support of the podcast. I appreciate it so much. And until next week, that's what I'm talking about.